Hello and welcome back to the Sports Credential Podcast. I'm your host, the editor of the Sports Credential, Stephen Boero. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode. We have a fantastic interview ahead. Uh, but before we go into that, I just want to say thank you so much for listening and following the Sports Credential and the Sports Credential Podcast. And if you're not already, please subscribe to the podcast. Um, you can find this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And once you subscribe, you don't have to go looking for it. You don't have to go typing it in or you know searching for it. Every week when there's a brand new episode, it'll pop up right there on your feed. No need to do any extra work. Just hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button, and you'll get a new episode in your feed every single week. And please be sure to follow the Sports Credential on social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and even go on our website, www.sportscredential.com, to sign up for our free email listing, where we will send breaking news, our monthly calendar, any type of just-in or feature stories or special stories, we'll have you covered, uh, because... We had a great weekend with NASCAR. Uh, we have the NHL draft this week. We got IndyCar in a few weeks. Uh, even football is right around the corner. College football is only a few months away. It's really crazy to think about. And if you follow us on social media and sign up for our free free email listing, you're going to be covered with everything and anything Nashville sports news. And uh, so let's dive right into what I just mentioned, NASCAR. A fantastic weekend. Uh, super hot, but the rain held out, which was awesome for the sold-out Ally 400 uh, on Sunday, which saw Ross Chastain take home the coveted Gibson Guitar Trophy uh, for his first win of the season, uh, Trackhouse's first win of the season. And uh, he won the poll as well, which was his first ever poll, and so was Trackhouse. And everyone knows Trackhouse is the Nashville-based NASCAR team kind of I guess, in a way, Nashville's team, if you're not supporting a, another driver or another team, if you're looking for more of a, a team that represents Nashville and is based here in Nashville, Trackhouse Racing is your team with uh, Daniel Suarez driving the Tootsie car. Uh, he drove it this weekend. He had a pretty good race, uh, finished 10th in qualifying and uh, finished the race in 12th. So definitely not where he wanted to be, but a solid performance for a couple car issues, but he's driving that Tootsie car. Uh, Trackhouse has got a great relationship and partnership with Tootsies, and they're all over the place. They're all over Nashville. They have some great partnerships, great connections, um, and they really are Nashville's team. So Nashville race, Nashville team gets the win, which was really awesome to see. Um, Ross Chastain's had a an up and down season, a couple dramatic controversies, uh, and it was a fight earlier in the season where he sucker punched Noah Gregson, which was, I mean, it, no, no one wants to see a fight, but fights are fun in NASCAR. Um, so he, he's had some ups and downs, and he really hasn't had that statement win or statement race yet. He's had a couple of really bad performances, and he's had a couple of really good performances, and he had arguably, I mean definitively the fastest car all weekend besides a handful of drivers maybe neck and neck with them but he was one of the fastest cars if not the fastest car in practice he won qualifying pretty easily and then you know he raced a fantastic race just fighting back and dropping out you know getting passed up and someone else taking the lead martin truex taking the lead denny hamlin taking the lead um, a handful of cautions towards the end of the race uh 
it was a pretty smooth race opposed to the Xfinity series race was started off with like a thousand cautions from the first like couple laps. So it was, that was a ridiculous beginning to that race, but the cup series race was fantastic. And I think Nashville's starting to come into its own as a quality race that people look forward to both drivers and fans. And it's going to become a premier race on the NASCAR circuit. So it was great to see, and it was great to see Ross Chastain smash that watermelon on victory lane and celebrate it with fans and celebrate with his family and celebrate with the, his Nashville based team. That was, as it was, it was always, NASCAR is always a great weekend here. And uh, it's a couple, a couple races left uh, this season. We'll see how Ross kind of holds on in the playoff standings. Uh, he's, I think he's holding on around fifth, third place in the playoff standings. He's had a couple really great finishes, and his he's able to build up those points, especially in the stage points for playoff points. Having that win now is just going to keep that motivation, keep that confidence going forward. So that's going to be really exciting to see, uh, and it should be a really solid end to this NASCAR season. And we'll keep you updated with any news re- regarding either Trackhouse Racing or Josh Berry uh, with the Hendersonville native uh, we, we cover and uh, big machine racing anything that's Nashville connected to NASCAR well, we're going to cover it so we're excited to cover what, what's to come um, also this past weekend this past week I should say Nashville SC I talked to Claudio uh, and we had a fantastic conversation and we were talking about how you know, we really can't see Nashville like taking a deep dive or you know kind of falling under how well they've been doing and kind of and choke away their lead or anything like that. But since that conversation, uh, Nashville has lost back-to-back games, uh, 1-0 against Montreal in Montreal, and then 2-0 against Columbus in Columbus. So really poor offensive performances. Probably, I would say, the two, but by far the two worst performances offensively for Nashville. Um, and they're really missing Fafa Pico, and they're really miss- missing Jacob Schaffelberg, who are both in the playing in the gold cup for Haiti for Fafa and uh, Canada for Jacob. And uh, it's great to see them play and perform well for their countries in the, the gold cup, uh, which we have been following here at the sports credential, but it's obviously those two guys with their offensive prowess, with their speed, with, you know, how the offense is kind of made up. They're really missing them. And this weekend, Nashville has got another home game against, uh, DC United and uh, DC United, you know, they're a good team. They're cur- currently in ninth place. So technically they're in like the last playoff spot, which last year they wouldn't even have been in the playoff spot. So they're not a bad team, but they're not a great team. Nashville having 10 wins opposed to their seven wins. Um, and They're not a bad team, but this is a team that Nashville really should be able to capitalize on. And they, they really kind of need to, uh, Having a 10-game unbeaten streak, then going to back-to-back losses, that's not good. Uh, back-to-back losses, you can kind of swallow and move on from there. Three straight losses, that's a losing streak, and you don't want to start a losing streak after just coming off a winning streak, especially in this hot time in the summer. that You want to capitalize and be able to win games or even pick up a point. You, know, you don't want to lose games against teams – that you really shouldn't be losing to. And DC is a team they really should not be losing to, especially at home. And uh, if the weather holds up, it should be a hot night in Nashville, probably going to be pretty humid 
So it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough for both teams. It's, it's going to be a hot one for fans to so make sure everyone stay, stays hydrated. But, you know, if Nashville drops to D.C. at home, it's going to be it's going to be not definitely not panic mode, but it's going to start to be head scratching mode and like okay well without Fafa and without Jacob, this offense is kind of dead. And I understand those are two key players, and obviously without two key players, the team's going to struggle. But maybe it's time to start to reconsider that the transfer window is here, and Nashville SC has got an extra DP spot. They have an international spot. They have tons of game. Uh, maybe it's time that Mike Jacobs starts to make a move. I know fans are itching for one. They've been itching for one for at least a year at this point. Um, and with that extra DP spot, there there really is an opportunity for Nashville to pick up a really solid guy to help this team offensively. Maybe a pure striker. They need a number nine. Uh, they need someone to help Hani and um Fafa and Jacob are great but they both play the same position so they're never on the field at the same time uh they definitely need something else especially with those two guys gone it really seems like it's just Hani running all over the offense trying to create something but nothing's happening uh Randall Yall's been back but he's really not been producing that well uh I know some fans were a little bit upset about him being pulled out last game when they really need some offense uh, I, I understand that he's still trying to find his groove. Um, he's had some really good moments, some really good looks, but he has yet to really kind of have that, you know, moment in the sun, at least this season. We all know Randall's great and we all love Randall. Um, so hopefully this week will be kind of a statement for Nashville saying, yeah, we lost two games and yeah, they were bad, but we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna fall into the abyss on the path that we're going on right now. And it would be a great win to show the team, to show the fans, to show the league that, you know, a couple hiccups is not going to destroy their season because right now you don't want to mess up the groove of what is good right now. And obviously with Fafa and Jacob gone, and also Anibal Godoy being gone, playing for Panama, also in the Gold Cup. Um, those are three huge players, and you kind of have to bite the bullet and see, like, well, we're out with those three players. When they come back, Nashville's probably going to be fine. That's the thing. If those guys were on the team right now, Nashville probably would have been able to pull out a win in either of those games or maybe back-to-back draws, which would have been fine. Which have been, They would have extended their undefeated streak. They would have picked up two points. Um, but two losses stinks. And getting this hard of the summer, you don't want to really miss a step because you don't want to create bad habits to go towards the end of the season because at the end of the season, you want to end hot. You want to be able going into that playoffs being one of the best teams in MLS, even if you weren't the best team all season. You want to end being one of the best teams because momentum means everything. And Nashville didn't have the momentum last season ending it, and they lost to LA Galaxy 1-0 in a game that, you know, they were probably the better team, but they weren't able to kind of find anything to really give them a chance to win. So right now is a really important time not to – for Nashville fans, definitely not to panic, but also Nashville not to kind of fall into a bad habit of not performing well and not creating anything on offense. But without those couple guys, it's kind of hard to really judge the team. But big game this weekend against D.C. at Geodas Park. If the weather holds out, it should be a good. It should be an important game for Nashville to bounce back. 
Um, but, you know, we'll see. I know it will stink if Nashville loses and it's 98 degrees and humid. Those fans are not going to be happy. And those players aren't going to be happy either. But we'll see. It's going to be a good weekend. But now, enough of that. Let's go into our interview with you this week. Um, I had the awesome opportunity to interview uh, Felix Rosenquist, the IndyCar driver for the number six Aero McLaren Chevrolet. Uh, really great guy, is uh, raised in Europe. Um, it's been an IndyCar for a handful of years now, been with Aero McLaren for a couple of years. Um, still trying to find his, uh, he's kind of in the middle of the pack in the standings this season. I believe he's around 12th place, 13th place. Um, he's really excited for mid Ohio this week, upcoming weekend and thinks that this could be a race that really helps him push him in the right direction because we're in that middle kind of, we've hit kind of the midway point in the IndyCar season. And there are some guys who've been amazing like Alex Pillow and, uh, Will Power and obviously, Joseph Newgarden, Nashville boy, one in the Indy 500. Um, but there's a couple guys that still haven't found the groove yet, and this is an important half of the season that picking up a win, getting a top five, a couple top five finishes is really going to put him in a really good space to possibly win a championship. And Nashville's, I believe, like the third to last race. So that's a big race. So had a fantastic conversation with Felix. We talked about the season thus far. We talked about street courses. We talked about the big uh, Music City Big Machine Grand Prix. It was awesome to get to talk to an IndyCar driver and kind of, you know, dig into his head a little bit about how, you know, how does he recover? How does he prep for a race? How What does he do in his spare time when they're not racing? Because IndyCar is such a unique sport, very similar to Formula One, but definitely unique, especially when it comes to American motorsports. And it was awesome to just kind of, you know, pick his brain a little bit and, you know, understand what, you know, being an IndyCar driver is. And it was awesome. And I really hope you guys enjoyed the interview and I'll stop talking. And here it is me with IndyCar driver, Felix Rosenquist. And now I'd like to welcome a very special guest to the show. Driver, of the number six Aero McLaren Chevrolet in the NTT IndyCar series, Mr. Felix Rosenquist. Felix, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, here in Indy. Uh, we have a little time off here before mid Ohio. So kind of, I feel like it's the first time we're, you know, kind of having a little bit of a break after Indy. So it's good, but uh, yeah, middle of the season, man, it's uh, busy times and ready to get going again soon. Awesome. And every time I talk to an athlete, one of the first things I always ask is how you doing physically? I know you had that wreck that kind of went viral for like, I feel like a week after Indy, but how are you feeling overall physically and all that? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I actually didn't really have any issues after that wreck. It was a pretty, it wasn't really a big impact. It was more like a, you know, it's like a frightening scene with tire going up in the stands and all that. But uh, luckily no one was injured, including, you know, fans and, and, uh, and drivers. So it's so all good. Awesome. And we're kind of in this midpoint in the season, really, you talk about like Indies over uh, what, how do you feel right now with you and your team, how you've done so far? There's a whole lot of races to go left, but Indy's kind of that big thing. It's almost like you kind of get it out of the way and then now you can kind of focus on the rest of the season. So how do you feel right now with you and your team and how you, how you guys are doing? I feel really excited to be honest. I, I, you know, in a way it's a season of what could have been, you know, we've been super strong everywhere this year. Uh, I think it's, it's the first time uh, for me in IndyCar probably where I've been, 
you know, competitive in both qualifying and race, pretty much every, every race. Uh, we haven't got the results we want to for, you know, different reasons, you know, some mistakes on my side and some other things kind of out of our control. So we're a bit bummed, uh, especially the last weekend was kind of a, a bummer road America. We had an issue with the, with the fuel tank in the end of the race. So it kind of felt like we were clawing back a bit in the championship and then another a little upset there in road America, but, uh, you know, there's nine races left to go. We're, we're halfway marked. So we, we basically just have to move on from that. And, uh, as I said, with the speed has just been phenomenal. So I, I think there's more podiums and, uh, perhaps a few wins for us in store. If we just continue to, to do what we've been doing. Yeah. Before last week, you look great. Uh, two top five finishes, a top three finish. Um, talk to me about what happened at road America and for people at home that, aren't too familiar about the ins and outs of racing and IndyCar. What's the post-race look like when you guys have kind of a, not, not the perfect race with either issues on the track or issues with the car. What does that look like going into the week after? Well, normally we have a little debrief and kind of go through what, what happened and uh, road America specifically was actually a really, really strong race for us. You know, we, we got punted out in the beginning of the race, but we actually managed to recover from being dead last to top seven uh, in the closing stages. And then, uh, as I said, we had an issue with the with the fuel tank. And, you know, you kind of do an investigation. Um, I'm not really involved in that, to be honest, but I, I get, you know, obviously they, they get back to me and, and tell me what, what what's happened. And, yeah, it was just a, an issue with the fuel tank that it had trouble to basically uh, collect the fuel from the tank and uh, it's never a good thing when you're uh, fighting for thousands and you know everything is already so tight in IndyCar so when you have an issue like that your day is pretty much done so we had to do a mega fuel save in the end of the race and obviously we, we went down from P7 to P20 <clears throat> so frustrating but there's nothing you can really blame anyone for it's just harder racing uh as frustrating it is uh, to say that that's the case sometimes so we just have to yeah learn from it and, and uh, move on to mid-ohio so you look past these last couple races some really good results yeah a pole win uh then you know rough race uh last week when going towards the second half do you think in first half second half pre-indy post-indy how does that work from the mental aspect of the season well, I think mentally it, you try as little as possible to build up stuff, you know, like I think it's pretty easy for an athlete when you have multiple events to kind of build up almost like a mental baggage of, um, of the season. And sometimes it's good to kind of just set a, a new chapter and be like, okay, like this, this is all done now. Now we, now we focus on the second half, you know, you kind of build your own little milestones in, in your head, if that makes sense. And uh, I think that the less, the least, the less you can treat it like an actual championship, the better in a way. You just kind of take every race by race. And I think personally, I'm pretty good at doing that. I don't really, you know, as I say, month of May is kind of quite a undertaking mentally, uh, probably the biggest challenge of the year. But yeah, you just try to move from race to race. And what 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 you can't change, you don't really want to spend that much energy on because you're, you know, when, when you're operating on a, you know, top level in any sport, you want to just put all your focus on the future and not the, not the past. That's awesome. Um, going into this second half of the season, it's hot out. It's the summers in full swing here in the United States. Obviously when you look at the music city grand prix, that's, you know, had some issues with 
rain and then obviously the heat of the Nashville summer. How do you prepare differently uh, when it comes to when the, when the weather is really hot? I love talking to drivers when it comes to because people don't think about it. People are oh, just going around and around. I'm like, no, that's a lot of laps and a lot of heat. It's a lot to deal with. What's that like for you? It's, yeah, as you say, it's it's an underrated aspect of, of racing, especially in IndyCar, because the cars are extremely physical to drive as it is, even without uh, temperature challenges. So, um, yeah, this part of the season is tough like that. You know, we it's always hot in the car, no matter where you are. But when you get to Nashville specifically, that's for sure the worst one for us. Um, and we try to basically prepare ourselves by being exposed to heat when we train. Uh, luckily, where I work out here in Indiana in Carmel, it's uh, it's normally pretty hot in the gym anyways because they don't have a air conditioned unit there, so uh, you kind of get it for free. Um, but it's yeah, it, it, it's just about getting your body ready for it. But you can only you can actually only prepare your body to a certain level and then it kind of flattens out and your genetics are more responsible for how you sweat and so on. So at some point you just got to suck it up and, and deal with it. Um, and we have, you know, we have cool suits we can use now. I actually still haven't used it in a race yet, but um, from what I heard from the other drivers, it's pretty effective. So I, I'm probably yeah definitely going to use it in, in Nashville. And, and the, the problem with the cool suit is it, it's kind of like a, loop of uh water that goes through oh, wow. like challenge um channels in in your suit like you're not exposed to the actual water but they go in little tubes next to your skin uh but if that pump would to fail you would actually have a, like another layer of insulation and it would be even hotter so oh, wow. you kind of run the risk of being even more in a, a heat scenario so yeah it's always trade-offs right yeah, that's wild. I, those brand brand new? Because I think I remember hearing the, about those last year. I think they came into the mix end of uh, 21. Uh, a couple oh, of people okay. started using them. And I think Will Power used his every race last year. And that's when people were just like, okay, like if he's, you know, he's winning races and winning championships, like I think everyone can probably spend a couple of pounds uh, of, of weight distribution uh, to to being more happy as a driver. I got that. So yeah, let's move into some Music City Grand Prix. I know it's still a handful of races away, but over here in Nashville, we're gearing up for it. They're getting ready for the track. I mean, going into year three, you're in the same car. Uh, obviously, minor adjustments to the track in year two, some more minor adjustments into year three. Talk to me about what it was like that first year and then going into that second year. Yeah, the first year was cool because it was just a completely new thing for all of us to, to figure out. And uh, pretty quickly, the biggest challenge was the the seams on the bridge were really like rough on on the cars and on, on the drivers. Like there was a lot of bottoming going on. You know, we obviously we, we sit like millimeters from the ground so that, that was extremely rough but it was a cool challenge and we figured out eventually how to set up the cars and all that and uh i loved the track when i when i came there the first time i just thought it was an awesome lap like it's a pretty long lap it's a street track i love street tracks personally and it had a cool flow to it like a really narrow section and some wider sections and you know some big braking some high speed corners so i i thought it was a great layout um, and then coming second year, like, like any new event, you know, they, they make a couple of improvements for 
for the racing and so on. There was a couple of tight spots that they widened up and 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 then they changed the restart zone to the to the bridge, which I'm not sure if it's still like it might be a better solution to that because Nashville been fighting, you know, a lot of it's been a lot of chaos in the races and. I don't think it's all blame for the track. I think actually the track is probably one of the best prepared street tracks we have. So I think it's more a mix of driver standards and maybe you can have those restart zones in, in a different area still, or maybe have a rule where you can't pass to a certain point or something like that, just to kind of calm everything down. Cause it seems to be on almost every, any track in IndyCar now, you have a good race, and then there's one yellow, and it just leads to another and another and another. It's like a, it's like a death spiral. So uh, we're still, you know, that's challenges that come comes with the sport getting more competitive and more tight, and drivers take more risks because they know that that's the only time, that's the only opportunity you'll get. So uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes in Nashville this time. It's it's been for sure a a really chaotic but but exciting uh, race every time we've gone there. So in preparing for a street course, especially like one like Nashville, now do you guys do you use a simulation to kind of get the track that kind of mentally? And does it help that much when you're actually on the street? Because opposed to other tracks that are taken care of and they try to make sure there's not a whole lot of issues or cracks in the streets of Nashville. I mean, I, I deal with the potholes every day. And every time I go over that bridge, I'm like, I cannot imagine what they're doing. So does the simulation help and what's it actually like going over that bridge and going that fast in an IndyCar? Yeah. The, the first year we came there in 21, we, we did, they did a scan of it uh, in the simulator and it was actually super helpful to like, just to have an idea where the bumps are, the, the braking zones, the brake markers, like I'll probably say it would, it shaves off like, or you actually get like 20 minutes of practice for free when, when you come to the actual race week. And so that was awesome. Um, but yeah, going over the bridge was like, when you're in that position, you don't really get, you don't really see that you're on the bridge, if that makes sense. Cause you have like the, the fence and everything. So it kind of feels normal in a way, but the, just how bumpy it was like on those scenes was insane. Like it was kind of, it was hard to keep your, your feet on the pedals you have to really like jam your heels into the heel rest of the car and and uh, <laughs> uh yeah it, it's it seems to be the same case every time we have a new street course in the beginning you're like wow like this is this is crazy and then somehow you you find a way and the team finds a way to set up the cars and that but uh but yeah going out going over the over the bridge was just cool i think it's most street courses are pretty narrow and you know there's it's like limited room, but going over that bridge is actually super wide and super long. So it's it's like it's just a weird, like you you never really have that on another track, even you know, including road courses or or anything. So it's a pretty unique feeling is going over that bridge. Do you have a favorite street course, either in the IndyCar circuit or one that you raced overseas? Uh, Macau is is my favorite. Uh, it's really really cool street track. Very long lap as well. It's more than two minutes. You kind of have like a section where you go by the water, and then you go up in a mountain where it's like super twisty and banked corners and stuff. So that one is my favorite. Uh, it's a very you know iconic track. Uh, I think in IndyCar, I'll probably say Nashville or yeah, I'll probably say Nashville is the most fun one in my opinion. 
what does Nashville's track compare to other street courses like in Florida or in uh, Toronto coming up? What, what, what's, what, how does it compare or how does it differ? Well, I think first of all, it's, it's actually not super bumpy. If you take, like, if you don't count the bridge, it's actually not that bumpy. It's pretty smooth. Um, it's very long, which is different. Like some of these tracks are, you know, under a minute long and that Nashville is actually a far bit, I think it's a one minute 20 lap or something like that. Um, so that's more corners. It's a longer lap, which normally is a bigger challenge in qualifying because you get less laps and less attempts. So you kind of have to nail the lap you're on. Um, I think it's, it's probably a bigger variety of corners. Like you have, yeah, you have, you have, I have one section that is so tight, like you can barely go too wide and then you have a wide section and you, uh, this just I don't know. It, I feel like a lot of street tracks kind of have the same thing all the time, but I feel like in Nashville, you're more of a, it feels like you're more on a, you know, adventure kind of thing when you're on a lap, like it's change of scenery. You go over the bridge you're on the other side. Like it, it is more, more things happening basically. So I think it's really iconic in that way. Yeah. I don't know how you guys do that. That, that weird, like almost like four point corner when you first come off the bridge uh going towards downtown away from start finish i don't know how you guys do that every time i watch it i'm like how are they just not <laughs> piling up because it's so narrow and it's so sharp and those long indie cars i just can't imagine what 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 that's like yeah it's it's definitely i think it's probably the slowest section we have on the definitely. calendar um but i always thought it's cool with that kind of corners because you know these cars have a lot of downforce and but they that only works when you're going at a certain speed and it's kind of like back to the basics a bit when you have super slow corners because it's just like you and the tires on the ground like you you don't really have anything to help you and it's a very like back to basic experience um but i think that's what cool with the track you have that and then at the same time you have some braking zones where you're doing like 190 or 180 and and it's a lot of downforce on the car. So you, you kind of, it's quite a challenge to set up the car for that as well, because you just need everything and you can't have everything. So you, you always have to compromise in, in some end, you know? So the Music City Grand Prix has always just been kind of this big festival. There's always so much stuff going on for fans, for non-racing fans. Do you ever participate in any type of, I guess, extracurriculars? Is it pretty much trailer practice, trailer qualifying, trailer race? What, what's that like, especially in such a big three-day, four-day event like the Music City Grand Prix is? Yeah, we're, we're normally extremely busy during the weekend. And, you know, we, we go out to eat every now and then. And, you know, I, I, I mean, we don't go there to party, uh, yeah. to be honest. Like, if you win the race, for sure, I think I would, I would go out afterwards. But... Uh, now you just don't really have time to be fair and uh you're just so occupied in, in the weekend you have obviously commitments outside of of being in the car as well you know with the partners and stuff so um yeah we don't actually get to enjoy uh the places we go to the, as much as we'd like sometimes i try sometimes to go earlier yeah, like you show up on wednesday you get a you know a, a, a day off basically um when we go to a cool place like like nashville but yeah once the weekend start you're normally occupied and then when the race is done you're normally just gassed and want to want to get home so uh yeah it's it's uh it's probably not what people expect it to be like you 
you travel the world and and see a bunch of stuff yes but you're also doing like it's like being in any work environment like you're and that that's our office basically so yeah. we, work always comes first <laughs> i know you're a bit of an outdoorsy guy have you ever explored middle tennessee or any tennessee because we have some beautiful mountains out in the smokies out in east nash uh east tennessee uh Middle Tennessee's got some beautiful lakes, some beautiful little waterfalls and trailing hikes. Have you ever come out here to discover? Or have you ever had the opportunity or the want to come out here and see outside of the Music City craziness there is? Uh, yes, I have been to Chattanooga. With, oh, yeah, uh, awesome. Actually, with an ex car race in Sack Beach. We went there. He has like a camper van and uh, went there climbing or like bouldering for uh yeah. So that was pretty cool it was uh i guess that's the best opportunity to have like a bit of you know not mountains but like hills and stuff uh being in indiana like it, it's pretty flat here like if you go south there's some stuff but tennessee is definitely there's more uh more stuff to do in, in that in that sense i really enjoyed that it was super warm though it was like in the middle of the summer and we're oh. middle of the forest and it was just dying like of heat but um yeah, really beautiful area. I, I, I think there's a lot of more places I want to explore, though. Like Tennessee has, you know, as I say, it's famous for a lot of good hiking and uh, you know, mountain biking and stuff. So, uh, yeah, need, need to need to give give it a, a, another shot. I think. Yeah, maybe in the off season after you pick up a couple wins, you can celebrate out here in Tennessee. Yeah. Enjoy some. Uh, so my, my last question for you is, you know, I keep talking about the second half of the season. It's just it feels like there's still so many. There's so much so many more races to go. There's so much that could just could happen in the standings and all that. Is there a specific race on the schedule that you're saying, this is going to be a race that me and my team are going to show big time, or you're really excited just to race because you know you have history there? Or is there a specific track you're looking forward to hit? Um, I think going to mid-Ohio will be good. You know, last year there we had a, probably as good of a shot to win as ever and um, had a, you know, engine blow up, which is, you know, it can happen. And um, Pato was kind of in the same scenario. So I think, I think we're, we both like as a team, we want to get back there and really show what we can do. Uh, Cause we had really strong cars there. Uh, Toronto is always a favorite for me um, at the podium there last year. And, you know, I've, our street course package has been so much better this year than last year. So that I kind of, you know, excites me coming back to that one. Um, yeah, I mean, I honestly, I, I like all the places we go to. It's uh, I don't really have anywhere I don't I dislike or um, I love the street courses in general. Like that, I think those events are awesome. Like Nashville and Toronto and St. Pete and those, those kind of races are, I think, probably on top of the list. But even Laguna Seca, you know, has a new resurface uh done uh, this year so that'll be interesting to see how that's like and yeah we just have a great calendar man there's just so many cool cool tracks and uh after being in the series for a while you, you you start you know relating more like you have memories in every track and you you, you there's always something that makes you look forward to coming back you know yeah it's been a fun season so far and i'm really excited to see how the rest of it goes i'm excited to see how you and uh, your team goes uh Felix, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Uh, good luck on the rest of the season. Good luck this weekend. And I look forward to seeing you here in a couple of weeks in Nashville. It's right around the corner. It's crazy. 
All right. Thank you, man. See you there. <laughs> and that's our interview. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I love talking to Felix about IndyCar season thus far and, you know, big races coming up, including the big Machine Music City Grand Prix. And uh, it was awesome. So thank you so much to Felix once again for hopping on the show. I know he's super busy. All these drivers are just super busy. So thank you, Felix, for jumping on the show. Thank you to uh, his uh, team for helping setting this up. And thank you to the Music City Grand Prix guys for also helping me set this interview up. Um, but that's all we have really for you this episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Um, we're going to have so much more IndyCar coverage coming up in the next couple weeks. I believe they're going to start building the track in sometime in July. So in a few weeks and right around the corner, we're, we're going to be at race day and race weekend, I should say. So we're going to have so much more ahead of you. Uh, in terms of IndyCar coverage and here on the podcast and at the Sports Credential overall. So we're super excited to share more of that once we get closer. But yeah, that's all we have for this week's episode. Uh, Nashville SC this weekend. Uh, it's going to be a big one. Also for you NASCAR fans, if you if you enjoyed NASCAR this weekend and want to get another kick of it, uh, this weekend NASCAR is going to be driving through the streets of Chicago. Yes, Chicago. Not a racetrack through the streets it's uh gonna be wild you thought the indycar race at the in downtown nashville was wild now imagine nascars driving through the streets of chicago so that's gonna be insane so those are probably my two biggest things to look out for this weekend is nascar through the streets of chicago still can't wrap my mind around it and then nashville sc at geodas park versus dc united but thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed recording it. Once again, I'm Stephen Boero, the editor of the Sports Credential, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. 